The King, King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the Premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You always think the league cup, Newcastle, Hunters, Hunters, Rugby League. And we are back for the final time in 2022. League Castle episode 24 for season 2022 is here. Newcastle Rugby League grand final preview. We've got a cracking episode ahead, having a look at the under-19s, the reserve grade, and of course the Denton Engineering Cup grand finals. It's going to be a huge day down at McDonald Jones Stadium on Sunday. If you missed our Newcastle and a Hunter Rugby League grand final previews, uh, just head back in your podcast app feed and look for episode 23, which was released yesterday. Covered off on all the games there. Um, and again, it would be remiss of me not to mention a big thank you to the businesses that have helped support us in season 2022. Uh, Junkyard Skips, who've obviously brought on board the Statsman Player of the Year and the Team of the Year that we'll announce today. Uh, on top of that, Beaver Brewery, who've supported us with our Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League uh, coverage. Sharp Deer Central Coast, who brought us all the Central Coast Rugby League action, which has included us seeing the Tookley Hawks win their first ever first grade premiership on the Central Coast. Congratulations to the Hawks. And, of course, last but not least, Shipley Meets at Rutherford, who've partnered with us for the Hunter Valley Group 21 action. They, again, had their grand final last weekend, and we saw the Scone Thoroughbreds comfortable winners in first grade, as well as taking out all three lower grades, reserve grade, ladies league tag, and the under-18. So... Big congratulations. I'm sure they're still partying up in Scone. But uh, as I said, we are here to focus on the three games this Sunday. It kicks off at 11.45 at McDonald Jones Stadium. Lakes United taking on Western Suburbs in the under-19s grand final. They've had a number of cracking close encounters this year, including a one-point margin of victory for West in the major semi-final. In the reserve grade, the Northern Hawks, a very talented team, will take on... Western Suburbs in that match at 1.15pm. Northern Hawks will head in as fairly warm favourites with the depth that they've got, but as you'll hear shortly from Dave Dryden, West like their chances and uh, will back themselves against the Hawks in their first ever grand final appearance. And of course, the day culminates at 3 o'clock with the Maitland Pickers taking on Macquarie Scorpions. Macquarie Scorpions forced into another reshuffle with some more changes, as you'll hear when we catch up with their coach, Matt Roach, later on. Um, and yeah, certainly they still rate their chances though and are quite confident they can cause another boil over like they did five years ago. While the Maitland Pickers, they're close to full strength and we catch up with Daniel Langbridge who talks all about that um, and how they're approaching the grand final. Also fortunate to be joined to kick off the show by our stats man to review the preliminary final and a special guest to close out the show, Josh Callanan from the Newcastle Herald, just to bring it all together in terms of the first grade match and uh, give you a, uh, a neutral point of view. He does some great coverage for the Herald and we'd encourage you to subscribe and stay across all of their content because they do a great job in promoting the local rugby league. But without any further ado, let's kick it off with our regular co-host, Josh, the Statsman Spiegelman. Okay, time to kick off our grand final special and there will be no more fitting style than with the man who holds together our social media, holds together the show and 
holds together the calculators that crunch all of the phenomenal numbers uh, in terms of the Denton Engineering Cup Newcastle Rugby League. He is the stats man, Josh Spiegelman, thanks to Junkyard Skips. Hello again, Joshua. Hello, Christopher. Good to be back. Um, yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Good wrap. But you yourself, mate, you're in a second day of a, a double podcast. Congrats on that first huge one to the, the local Newcastle Hunter Rugby League. I'm sure we had 11 guests, was it, on it? So well done for getting through that, mate. Yeah, it's, it's all sorts of records, as we said in that show. I think it's the first time we've had uh, back-to-back guests. Dwayne Sampson's finally gone past Tim Christie for a number of appearances on the show, if my maths is correct. We had three women on, 11 guests, and if we count yourself as well, mate, 16 total guests this week, I think will be right. Maybe, seven, maybe 17, actually, with, with the uh, illustrious Newcastle Herald, Josh Callanan, coming on the show for the first time this year, second time in history. So it's all happening, mate. And it's, look, it has been quite, quite an ask, but it's been great, and it's a great way to finish out the season. And as I catch up with Josh later on, mate, it's just uh, when, you're, when you're in the football mode and in the media side of it, as I'll, I'll loosely call what we do, it's a great time of year. It brings to a culmination all of the work we've done for the year, and um, you know it all wraps up nicely, mate. But you've got a pile of numbers and some some specific ones to go through. I do just want to highlight one thing I, I noticed in the Instagram chat this week, mate. And and you were talking. I won't name names, but you were talking to a, uh, a prolific defensive workhorse and talking about the numbers he got through of his tackles. At which point, when you gave him his stats for the year, he came back and said, "I'll be sure to point out that I've." Missed more tackles than some of my teammates have made, and that just that that really lightened my day, mate. I thought that was good. <laughs> yeah, that was good quality value. Um, no, I won't mention names, but yeah, great season by that fella and any other players that are listening. If I have done your stats for the team season long or for however long, I can do a quick collation for you if you're interested as well. So um, plenty to plenty to get through though on this on today's show, mate. The big preliminary final game between Macquarie and Cessnock, which was a Six-point victory to the Scorps. Certainly was, mate. It was an absolutely cracking game. I know you and I were messaging. I, uh, unfortunately, due to some other commitments, didn't get all of the game in live. But I think I must have tuned in in about the, the 50 or 60th minute with you and we were sort of messaging back and forth as we got into the later, later minutes as you realised that I'd tuned in at that point. And there was just things that you've never seen before. Balls hitting the top of goalposts. Absolutely phenomenal effort from a Macquarie side that was decimated. It looked like Cessnock were, you know, sure to come home with it. But... Obviously, the Scorps had other ideas on their home turf and they got through to the big dance and it's going to be a bumper clash. It's a tale of two different stories, but that preliminary final was well very much the same. Cessnock close to full strength. Macquarie with lots out, but they just ground them out and look, they were deserving winners in the end to, to take it out, as you said, by a six-point margin, 26 points to 20. It was a, an absolute thriller and uh, yeah, well worth the price of a bar TV subscription or um, entry at the ground, mate, that's for sure. Oh, 100%, mate. It was a game, like you mentioned, things that you haven't seen before and not for a long time and seesawing battle and then Cessna got the upper hand with 15, 20 to go maybe. And um, yeah, I, I was worried for the Scorps' chances, but they dug deep. Um, and it, like I said in last week's podcast, you both said it, completions, completions, completions. Cessna have been probably the best side in the comp, even with the counting Maitland in completions all year and the Scorps has been a bit choppy in that aspect but um, second half mate yeah, unfortunately for Cessnock they, they dropped a lot of the ball and their second half, half completions weren't great um, and yeah they contributed to the score and they held on to it a little better uh, which comes down a lot to their half and, and we'll talk about him a bit later but Jeremy Gibson um, obviously without Peyton Sewell there in the harvest he was one of their best during the game and 
Um, so during the week that it might be his last season too from Carrot Holland's interviews. That, that was a, a shock to us, mate, if you want to touch on that. Yeah, a little bit surprising. We obviously knew that uh, Liam Higgins with that um, full head of grey hair that makes him look a lot older uh, than he is. Um, mate, but he's finally decided he'll hang up the boots. But, uh, yeah, Jeremy Gibson, a little bit of a, a bolter, mate. Um, yeah, a little little surprising. But at the end of the day, the, the toll this takes on, on your body, and we've seen, obviously, with you know, Matt Moon, Baden Searle in the last couple of weeks, you can't blame some of these guys with your physical load that goes through their body in the, in these competitions if they decide to, you know, hang them up maybe a little bit earlier than is traditional, especially if you can do it in a big dance and, and potentially going out on top. Yeah, that just adds that extra motivation for the Scorps and for, for, for Gibson to to win this weekend as well. And, um, yeah, like you touched on, it, it, it doesn't matter how old you are, I'm sure it's tough. And obviously these footballers have jobs outside of the game as well. So back like back in the old days, so priorities first, I guess. But, yeah, went on to Jeremy. Um, to with him, I guess, with two try assists and a line break assist. One of those try assists was obviously game-winning grubber uh, through to uh, Malik Dayalu for for the for the game-winning try. So, uh, yeah, that was really exciting, mate. Got off the seat for that one, like you know, obviously neutral, I guess, in these ga- this game on both sides. But really exciting, mate. Um, off the seat numerous times, and I hope everyone listening can goes back and uh, watch the highlights. Yeah, mate, they had us up and about with those late tries. And as you say, as, as neutrals, I mean, you're engaged by both clubs, but I didn't really have a foot in either camp, but got connections to both with some of the guys that we've had on the show and I've built relationships with through the show and through footy. It's um, it's actually sometimes nice to watch as a neutral because you can just get up and about about all the good things, although then you get the bad things that disappoint you too. So it's a it's a bit of, it's a different kind of roller coaster to just, you know, um, you know, watch, watching a game backing one side, but mate, um, much better roller coaster than most of your uh, recent footy games for your NRL team. <laughs> Let's not go there, mate. That's um, that's done and dusted now. Thank goodness for that. Go the women. Um, we'll keep moving. We'll okay. keep moving. <laughs> real, real rugby league team in, in nice colours. That's great to see. Um, but no, no, I think the other talking point out of this game before we get into the numbers is uh, unfortunate injury there to show favourite Matt Moon. Uh, came off late in the game uh, with that injury. I think it was a lower lower body injury of some sort, but yeah, won't be playing in the grand final, which is again a huge loss to the scores, Mr. Utility. Um, but I mean, we, we we didn't write them off last week with their injuries and outs. They they were in a tough position last week. They got the job done, so we'll see what they can come up with this week. Yeah, certainly. Um, so just just for the information and for those that are detail oriented, a torn adductor. Um, for Matt Moon, so absolutely uh, horrific way for his season to end, and mate, he's um, absolute champion bloke as you said, and and we'll uh, we'll touch on Matt uh, later in the show when we uh, have some some better news in terms of him, but unfortunately for him, he won't be uh, won't be playing on the weekend, and I'm sure the boys will be looking to try and lift the title for him because he's been, you know, we we chat to Matt Roach in this show as well, and you know, Roach talks about the fact that Matt's been you know part of that team and played every game for the last two seasons, he's just been instrumental for them, so. Uh, he'll be a big big hole to fill, which is an interesting thing to say about someone who usually comes off the bench. So probably just gives you, I guess, a bit of a, an insight into how much he means to that team in terms of both on-field and off-field stuff, mate. Yeah, definitely, mate. Football's cruel like that. As you said, played all the games, deserves to be in the big dance. You put him out there with a torn adductor, he still probably makes 40 tackles, mate. But, um, yeah, just unlucky for him, I guess. But he'll be cheering hard on the sidelines. Like myself, uh, for, well, for me, again, a neutral game, Tends to be my theme at the moment, but um, no, can't wait. It's going to be a ripper. But let's go back uh, to this one here and maybe rattle off some numbers highlighted by 
The second time, I've, uh, or third time, sorry, Matt Sopalola with the meters and Randall Briggs with the tri assist. The third competition record um, was uh, made in this game by a Scorps player. Mate, yeah, you shared this with me and I was absolutely blown away when you gave me the number. There's been some huge efforts put in this year and um, you know, this was just reiterated when we, we did the team of the year and some of the players who didn't make the team or you know might not have starred in as many games and you put that explanation up there. But yeah, this this guy, the numbers, and it probably this is one of the ones that you probably didn't notice on the eye test because a lot of them were just the the I don't want to call them regulation carries, but they were just right in there, just doing the, the work that has to be done, but probably doing it for two people, and so you don't notice it because it wasn't you know length of the field things or anything too outrageous. It was just mate carrying a lot of workload on a heavy track. It was very impressive to pull this up on a on a heavy track. That's right, mate. Yeah, Connor Kirkwood here. He's done this a few times, cracking the 20 carry mark. He cracked the 25 carry mark earlier in the season, but no one has cracked more than 26 that I've been collating. And he managed 28 in a preliminary final uh, for 217 metres. So 28 carries was the comp record since I started. Uh, just tremendous. Just the work, work rate on that side of the ball alone. But then you factor in, he made 43 tackles at 88%. That's... um. We don't have a VB hard-earned index on this show or this league, mate, but that would be probably top of the season. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, certainly would, mate. Fletch t- talks way too much sense for him to be on our show, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, mate, absolutely phenomenal. And, mate, uh, the thing I love is is whenever Connor's stats, you know, whenever he stars in the stats category, mate, the, his support group behind him, including his lovely partner, is just absolutely phenomenal. Like, they're all about it and, it's, you know, great to see. And uh, I, I love seeing the uh, Instagram bits, mate. You see his uh, partner and his dog out there cheering him on out at Lyle Peak. I don't know if the dog will be able to get into McDonald Jones on the weekend, though. Well, we might find a way to score him, mate, if it's a mascot. But, uh, yeah, now they all get behind him and behind the, the record and the stats and um, very well deserved because he's had a tremendous season and one of those guys that was unlucky not to accrue more points, mate. I, you, yeah, you know, like, he wouldn't look out of place in the team of the year. But it's a reason why we'll touch on later. Oh, well, I guess we can say now that, the you know, Kitty and Roachie got um, coach of the year, mate. Fifteen players accrued at least one point for the Scorps, and, and, and this is like these sort of performances. You can understand why, because you've had blokes like Matt Moon, Kirkwood, Gibson, Luke Higgins, mate, Royce Jeffrey, always fighting for points, and others. So, um, yeah, can't take anything away from Connor's effort all season, and this game highlights it, especially. Um, but maybe we'll move into the the backs briefly and touch on the other. I guess, super performance out wide here for the Scorps, and that is hat-trick hero Dean Morris. With three tries in a preliminary final to get your team into the grand final. Nine tackle busts, three line breaks for those tries and 121 metres. So um, definitely worth a shout-out for Dean Morris. Mate, they are some crazy numbers and even crazier numbers, as you'll find out when I have my chat with Josh Callan and a little bit later on, which you know, mates, and, uh, you know, spoiler alert, alert in how the world of podcasts work. Um, I've already pre-recorded. But that was Dean Morris's ninth first grade game in a preliminary yeah, final. Add, add add that to the the overwhelming number of those stats, and it just adds another leg to you know how phenomenal it is, right? That's right, and I'm pretty sure he played at least one or two of those games, maybe filling in in the halves, and he's definitely filled in across the centres and wings. So, um, not a specialist winger by any means in first grade, but to do that. Um, yeah, just a really, really good effort. I, no matter what happens next week, I'm sure he'll remember that game for a long time. Yeah, I'm sure he will, mate. Um, and I'm sure he'd love to uh, get across the stripe again or be a key contributor in, in terms of the result this weekend. And he's been probably a fairly key contributor in 
a good handful of those nine games because I know his name's come up quite a few times in our conversations on here and, and off of here as well. So uh, he's, he's going to be an absolute asset to the Scorps moving forward and just adds to their plethora of depth. But, mate, who else was it that impressed you in this one in the win for the Scorps? Yeah, two more guys I'll highlight for the Scorps before we move across the test knock here is, um, well, talking to someone we mention all the time on the show, Luke Higgins once again, mate. Uh, try, 162 metres, four tackle busts, the line break with the try. 36 tackles at 100% in a preliminary final against such a good team like Cessnock is fantastic. And then um, edge back thrower uh, Malik Dayalu uh, with that game-winning try. He also had 139 metres and 31 tackles at 94%. So not much wrong uh, between those two beasts in, in Scorps pack. And there'll be definitely danger men that uh, may look, look to slow down next week because they go a long way to... To, um, securing victories for the Scorps. I certainly do, mate. Uh, Malik's been another one. He's been a bit of a bit of a find. Uh, not not a player I was familiar with coming into season twenty twenty two. But I tell you what, if he's uh, on board for the Scorps again next year, it's going to take an absolute crowbar to lever him out of one of those edge positions uh, to start season twenty twenty three. Yeah, definitely. Well, mate, he's nailed on there. Um, can't see anyone coming through or, or recruiting that would just yeah, based on his season this year. If he's still playing footy next season, he'll be. Right there, and, and I'm sure he'll do a good job once again. Um, really dangerous out there. And he's also filled in on the wing as well. So, real versatile player is Malik. Um, but we'll go across to the goies here and just congratulations to Cessnock on, you know, a, pre- a pretty good year. I think they'll be happy with the run they had in the finals after a slow start with injuries to the season. And, uh, yeah, yeah, they made a really good run, but, yeah, obviously just come up short. They'll be pretty gutted because, obviously, they were in a position to win this game. And had they, you know form like they usually do with completions, they probably would have hung on for the victory, but all fell apart at the end there, but like we've seen on Instagram, um, through their players' accounts, you know, they're all saying bring on 2023, and we know that how strong they're going to be that year, as, uh, next year as well. Yeah, they certainly will, mate. It'll be interesting to see, obviously, lots of moving pieces and parts to come before season 2023, but inter- interesting to see. I'm not sure, I'm assuming Harry Saker going around with the clipboard again, but um, you know, when he was able to get on the paddock, they looked a very dangerous side. And obviously, a couple of those other players they picked up alongside the returners and the players that they've had for a number of years. You know, those players coming through, like Sam Clune, and then obviously the players that have been there for some time. Your Reed Hugos and your Corey Barbers, who we saw bring up milestones this year. If they can keep that core of that side together, and uh, I'm sure with some of Harry's connections, recruit some more, they will be a very dangerous threat in season 2023. But nothing but, um, yeah, I guess respect for the season they've had in 2022 because. It was a phenomenal one. A lot of people wrote them off coming into the finals and they made it to within, you know, minutes of the grand final. So hats off to Cessnock and Harry and the crew there on an absolutely phenomenal year. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, Yeah, really well done. And three guys I'd like to highlight from this preliminary final for them. Um, We'll start with Zanetti Tua there. Sorry, the winger uh, slash centre for Cessnock. Two tries, 10 tackle busts to top the game. A line break, three offloads, all effective, and 107 metres. So, uh, well done to Hanetti. A great season when he was on the park. I know he had a, uh, I think it was a hammy injury midway through. I actually remember him doing it at Curry when he was running up the sideline. Um, so, good to see him bounce back and have a strong finish. I hope he runs around next year as well and he gets behind the graphics, sharing them as well. So, I uh, love his work there. Um, big Sam Apthorpe, the front rower. Starting front row for the go, he's 36 tackles at 100%. Again, like Luke Higgins, phenomenal to do that in a prelim. Uh, 9.8 metres a carry. 
and, and another friend of the show, um, Sione Nahe, off the bench, uh, 10.5 metres a run, 116 metres, three tackle busts and 100% defence uh, for a big body. That's, that's tremendous. So uh, those three guys, definitely worth a shout out. Mate, I have to say, there's, there's a lot of man crushing going on with you in the uh, in, in the Instagram messages, and mate, uh, a, a lot of a lot of big big units out there, mate. Uh, you like the big boppers, the Sioni Nahis and the Woody Bakers and Co. Uh, you get some good chats out of them, and we love that they engage with the show, mate. But uh, yeah, it's it's really good uh, how much, and we've talked about a few of the clubs over the last few weeks, but how much these guys, and, and it's not just from you know you'd expect it to be a, almost a vanity point of view, but some of the guys are getting there, they're arguing for their mates that their mates should have got more stats or, you know, family members or friends or, you know, it's, and these are you know current first grade players getting there and going, oh, geez, I thought some, someone did better or I thought, you know, someone would have got more or what about this person? So it really just shows the culture at all of our clubs that these guys are, are in there, you know, sort of, you know, giving you a bit of, bit of cheek about uh, who, who should be there, who shouldn't be there and, you know, their thoughts on it. And we love that they engage just about footy in general because, mate, uh, as we've said a number of times, we live and breathe it and it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, that's what makes it, mate. It's, it's great they get involved, whether it be discussions or, or their opinions on, on this and that. It's just great to have that back and forth and, and them sharing our posts only helps uh, our podcast but also the league itself. Um, and I guess all I'll say about that is this, if anyone's really keen, even if you're a player, come help me do some stats next year because I need it. <laughs> <laughs> you're a willing, you're a willing teacher if you've got someone who's prepared to learn. So, uh, mate, uh, yeah, certainly, certainly, if anyone's interested in, in even just knowing how it works behind the scenes, Josh is always happy to chat and, and have a look at it. And yeah, as you say, if you can find an apprentice, um, that'd be great, wouldn't it, mate? Would be good, mate. Would be good. Yeah, we'll see how next year shakes out. Um, lots of time spent. Um, but no, I'll, I know I'm going to miss it as soon as the off-season hits. Um, but no, like we touched back on the players, mate. Yeah, keep keep sending messages and keep sharing the stuff. It's really great for us and, and good conversation starters. And, good, and yeah, it's just great. So I guess that's the recap from the stats point of yes, view mate. from this game, mate. If you want to, any closing thoughts on the match? or Not really, mate. Um, well done, obviously, as we said to Cessnock. Congratulations to Macquarie on making it through to another grand final. Can they repeat the uh, major upset they pulled off five years ago? We'll wait and see. But, uh, yeah, mate, I was just going to add to your little piece on the players engaging and just, look, we would highly encourage Josh and I because we love to, you know, theorise about what's going on. If you have any sightings or know of anyone who's signing anywhere or you just think someone's signing somewhere and it's going to start a conversation, feel free just to send them through on the Instagram page. It'll keep us amused during the off-season, I think, mate. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'd say so, mate. That'd be great. And also give us someone to lead into next season and make some uh, news pieces or graphics. Yeah, might, 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 might be some interesting ones when, uh, you know, people pull, pull ones out of the backside and say that they saw, you know, Matt, Matt Roach having uh, coffee with Jake Clifford or something like that. But, hey, we'll, ta- we'll, we'll take it all and try and filter through it and see what we can find out. So uh, Yeah, that's yeah. true. It would make the score side the way they go, mate. So. Yeah, he might, he might not even with the injuries at the moment. So anyway, we'll wait and see because he's not going to make the night side. But again, we, we, we digress. Mate, and I know that we, we've we've revealed all of this, but we did say that we'd recap the team of the year in you know a fairly brief fashion, which is not re- really the way you or I do anything about rugby league. But we're going to go through. So, mate, I'm going to just hand it on over to you. You've got 17 players who deservedly got into that side. As you said, there's some players that narrowly by split hairs missed out, unfortunately, because of performances at different points. And again, if you want to want to read the explanation behind that, jump on the on the Instagram story in our um, uh, in our highlights. It's all there um, in terms of the, the top 17 and who made it and who didn't and, and some of the other information that Josh has su- supplied. And we'll have a few more things that come off the back of that in the coming week. 
But, mate, it is the point of the season where, thanks to Junkyard Skips, we get to officially, on the podcast, announce the 17 men who make up the inaugural League Castle Team of the Year and the, in typical League Castle fashion, two gentlemen who have been awarded the uh, the Joint Coach of the Year as similar to the role they, they pre- perform at their club for the most players polling one point or more throughout the season uh, from their club. So without any further ado, I'll hand over to you, mate, and let you run through the team list with any additional bits you want to add. Fantastic, mate. Yeah, thanks very much. And thanks to Junkyard Skips for giving us uh, that sponsorship to reward the top two guys on this list who we revealed a week or so ago. But yeah, just, just touching on it first as a, as a, a high-level point. Yeah, kind of like a Dallium style competition. Everyone should be familiar with that if you follow footy. Uh, the points ranged at the end of the season, 20 points the winners got. They split it, obviously, Soaps and Spider, and all the way down to nine points was the cutoff. And as we, we said on the Instagram uh, story, we have, I think, seven players on eight points, five on seven. So uh, really, really close to getting some other guys in there. So some teams might be underrepresented or other teams might be just overrepresented. It's just luck of the draw, mate. What game you have a good game at and your, your teammates and if you win the game. So... Um, no, no one should feel hard done by, as we said, mate. Everyone who got a point, everyone that even played footy better than you and I is a legend in our eyes. So, um, without further ado, mate, I'll, I'll jump into the team. Yeah, fire away, mate. Yep, so uh, we'll go from full back up. Uh, so, as we all know, a joint Statman winner of the year, Cameron Spider Anderson from Central here, mate, in full back. Just a phenomenal season he had. Uh, he reached 150-game milestone. Uh, for me, he took his game to a new level. Uh, obviously, helped Central finish second on the ladder. So, um, 15 tries to lead the competition in that stat. Uh, and a memorable performance against Curry in round 17 was a stat man highlight for me, mate. Three tries, 240 metres, 12 tackle busts, two tries, and three line break assists. I read that again, and I'm, 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 my mind is blown. So... Um, that was a 180 super, uh, super coach point effort there uh, in an example of his dominance. So well done to Spider. Uh, well deserved. Couldn't nudge him out of the one jersey. That's where he played all season. So uh, shame we don't have a round of applause uh, drop, mate. But <laughs> give him a <laughs> on the pod for a great year. Uh, we'll move to the two wing positions. Um, one goes to Jimmy James Bradley from Maitland. Uh, played 13 games this year. Still scored 14 tries. That goes to show you how lethal he is on the wing, on the wing there and 16 line breaks for his club. Um, he also uh, filled in actually a little bit of fullback, but mostly on the wing. Uh, really important role in their minor premiership uh, for Maitland. Uh, the other wing... There have- you go, mate. On the fly, on the fly. I'll throw a few of those and I've got a couple of different claps ready to go now. That's good, mate. You just scared me senseless, but let's, let's, let's push on with, with the other winger here, Luke Sharp from Wyong. Obviously a fullback for the Roos, but some we try our best to get them into their positions, but sometimes we have to nudge them out a bit. Uh, so Luke Sharp here, electric for Wyong this year. Um, yeah, uh, three points he had and a dominant display against South in round four uh, with a try, separate try and line break assists all over the puck and 10 tackle busts. And then in his 100th game milestone against Curry in round 18, he had two try assists and two line breakers. There's seven tackle busts and six offloads, which is nuts from fullback. So just a couple of games there that showed why he registered a few three-point efforts and he finished on 13 points, did Luke Sharp. Uh, we'll go across to the centres here. And no surprise that uh, Soaps, Matt Sopalola, um, finishes joint stat man of the year. 
That's right, mate. He deserves a clap, as does Luke. Sorry, I'll pause between each player for a nice clap. But, um, yeah, soap. So, dominant in 2022, mate. Uh, and, again, like Jimmy Key in their minor premiership campaign, his stats are off the charts. Um, we, we touched on earlier in the show the record 277 metres against Wyong on round 14. Uh, he finished, I thought he collated the Maitland team stats. He finished the regular season topping his team with 105 tackle breaks and 19 line breaks. That's top for Maitland. He ran for over 2,770 metres, 20 offloads, 13 line break assists, and seven try assists. So that is a super coach winning player, I'd say, if you had him season long. So well done to Soaps there. Another round of applause. We might just save the round of applause until the end, mate. I'll, I'll throw, <laughs> throw it all down at the end. Otherwise, we will be here for an hour and a half, so we'll keep firing through. All right. I'll fire through, mate. Yeah, the other centre, um, Kai Cooper here from Central, uh, X-Factor for Central, and on, on, on his occasion, unstoppable force out wide for the Butcher Boys. Um, finished the season with 12 tries. He scored four of them in one game. Um, and, and, yeah, obviously, uh, there is a note here that I have to touch on the fact that his inside man, Randall Briggs, really did contribute to his performances and output, statistical output for the season. So um, Briggs just finishing on eight points outside of the team of the year, unfortunately, as he moved around a little bit. But, yeah, can't take away from Cooper here. Tremendous season at centre. Um, so well done there. That's the back five name. We'll move into the halves quickly. Um, number six, Ryan Glanville from South. Uh, one of his best seasons in his career, I think, in 2022 that I've watched, well, since I've watched in 2017-ish. Um, yeah, the Lions best on ground by by my reckoning. Uh, he registered points in our competition in five separate games, um, including three three-point efforts. Uh, uh, one of those games against Entrance Tigers in round 11, scored a try, a try assist, two try contributions, three line break assists and a line break. So it goes to show how important he was to that South team and he'll be looking to go a few steps further next year, I'm sure. He finished on 13 points in the Statman competition of the year. And his halves partner for this team, None other than Brock Lamb for Maitland. Um, yeah, again, instrumental in their minor premiership, mate. He led the season, uh, led the competition in, in, in a leading point score, 173. And he topped his team in try assists with 20 and line break assists with 24. So uh, not only the stats, but yeah, his experience allowed him to uh, take charge and control the game with completions and also pile on the points against, I guess, lesser opponents in those bloggings. So um, well done to Brock. Uh, tremendous season. That is that is some backline. I um I know a few people have commented on this already, but but wow, if you could actually assemble this team and get get them for some sort of game, it would be phenomenal. Um, yeah, I, and I, I know we appointed a coach, but I reckon with the uh, seventeen you've put together, I don't think they'd take much coaching. I'd say so, mate. I reckon the stat man might be the coach, and I'd just say go do your best, and they'd probably beat everyone. So. I think, uh, yeah, we'll just recap there. Spider, Jimmy Bradley, Matt Sobalola, Kai Cooper, Luke Sharp, Ryan Glanville, Brock Lamb for the 1-7. to seven. Um, That is a that is a beastly backline. That is a juicy backline, mate. Let's move on into the men that will lay the platform for those boys to weave their magic. That's right, mate. Uh, the two front rowers here, Jaden Butterfield from Maitland again. Maitland well represented in this team already. Imposing, imposing front row. I laid the platform, as you mentioned, for the backs, for Maitland's backs every time he stepped onto the field. He ran for 277, uh, sorry, 2,771 metres in the regular season, breaking 37 tackles, and he won the vast majority of his carries, and his defensive work rate was also outstanding. 403 tackles at 96% for the whole season, so that is ridiculous. 
and his partner so in crime. Maths, my maths there, mate, tells me he's only missed about sixteen tackles. That's that's phenomenal exactly. across an eighteen game season. And mate, I'm telling you right now, last season before COVID struck, the guy missed about seven or six from memory the whole season. So he does not miss tackles as Butterfield. Um, just tremendous. Definitely should be playing at probably a high level, but I know he's happy out there in Maitland, so to our benefit, he stays in the comp. So um, we'll move across to his partner in the front row, and it's none other than Luke Higgins, Macquarie's first representative in this Batman team of the year. Absolute workhorse, mate. The, 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 the word workhorse, synonymous with Luke. Um, 15 games, uh, 2,169 metres, 70 tackle busts, which is tremendous. Um, 357 tackles at 94.4%, so up there as well. Uh, a game against Wyong in round 17, he had 188 metres for 20 carries, nine tackle busts and 95% of defence. So he's filled in on the edge as well in games, but mostly in the middle. Well done to Luke Higgins and Jaden for the front row spots. And um, in between those two big boppers, we have a, a smaller guy, but none, uh, nonetheless dangerous, and that is Wyong's veteran, Mitch Williams, who wins the hooker spot in the team of the year, mate. Uh, for me, sometimes, and, and he won't like me saying this, single-handedly carried the ruse to victory in some of those games, mate. Um, when, you know, when Luke wasn't to his best, like Mitch, mate, unbelievable. Game management, dummy half, that misdirection and, and playmaking uh, had us all fooled. Uh, he had five separate matches, registering at least one point. Uh, touch on a round 12 game against Lakes. Uh, one try assist, a try contribution, a line break assist, a line break contribution, two force dropouts, um, and, and, and multiple other beastie games that, that I couldn't list here for hours, but I won't. So well done to Mitch Williams. Well-deserved hooker of the year in our competition. If I'm not mistaken, mate, he was um, sort of a top, Top three performer last year as well, so just goes to show his consistency in terms of the competition as well. He's he was probably one of the few players who featured in the top few both years that we've done this. So hats off to him, and hopefully we see him go around for a few more. Yeah, you're spot on, actually, mate. Um, now I'm looking at the leaderboard. He, he came second last year behind Royce on 15 points, and he also registered 15 points this year and came third behind obviously Spider and, and Soap. So Mr. Con- Mr. Consistent, yeah, yeah, Mr. Consistent. So, so sorry. So third this year, second last year. Geez, that's you know that that's def- definite reason. You know for um, the the coach of Wong to uh, have a chat to him and convince him to play on. I reckon. What do you reckon? Yeah, just get, get him a mirror. Get <laughs> the mirror exactly. Have a good look at yourself and tell yourself you have got plenty more years left, Mini, because you're an absolute gun and we love watching him. That's for sure. That's for sure, mate. Yeah, Cam Anderson also came. He came third last year too, so he's he's there and thereabouts. And Brock was up there too, so. Um, we'll move on to the edge back rowers for this this massive team of the year. Uh, we'll start off with number 11, and that is the man they call Lewis Hamilton. Not because he's tremendously fast, but he is consistent. Um, and I reckon he's one of the best line runners in all of the Newcastle Rugby League, mate. Obviously, I watched all of South's games this year, as most clubs. Um, he caused massive headaches for opponents when he combined with um, fellow star Ryan Glanville, who we, we got in number six. So that's a nice little combination in this uh, stat man team of the year. Um, down their left edge there. So uh, a highlight was a round 11 victory over the entrance with a try, two line breaks, a try assist, five tackle busts, 133 metres and 86% in defence. Um, and he replicated that kind of stat line numerous times this year. So um, Lewis finished on 10 points in the stat man comp of the year, as did the following player, the other edge back rower, Reed Ulchin, who was probably arguably one of the signings of the year here. 
and another one of the Maitland stars. Um, really good strike in the second row for the pickers there. He topped Maitland with 26 offloads during the season. Uh, pardon me, creating second phase play, really got the team on the front foot. And, and he was a reason that star players like Brock Lamb and Soaps managed to do what they did, uh, had the space they did because of Reed's hard work there. Um, had 60 tackle busts on the year, um, which was second in their side behind Matt Sopalola. So that's an interesting start there. He was obviously a damaging player on offense. So well done to Reed and Lewis in the second rows. Yeah, certainly starting to round out a really good team and, and be uh, remiss of me not to mention, every time we post anything about Reed Alchin, we just get a comment from Mick Campton, just the wombat, which I love. Campo, an obvious stalwart superstar front rower of his era. Um, and uh, he's all about the ex-Curry turn picker, um, Reed Alchin, and getting behind him. So, mate, we, we love it when there's those little, you know, the, the consistent people that you see just cheering on and uh, wave, waving the banner for certain players, which is great to see. Yeah, you love it, mate. It's um, banner worth waving. Oh, Reid, he's had a great season. I'm sure we'll be looking to have a great game this week in the grand final. Um, we'll move on to the last starting position in the Statman team of the year. That is lock forward. And it's not a traditional lock, although he did play there for about three or four games this year. And that is Lakes United's first representative, Daniel Peck, uh, usually a hooker, obviously, for the club, but with Mitch Williams registering 15 points, Dan registered 13 for number 13. Uh, so we, we shifted him to lock to accommodate Mitch. So um, fantastic work uh, work rate, mate, uh, as, as we touched on. A tireless worker. Um, what, what can I say about him here? Uh, had, had some highlight games in attack as well. Uh, four try assists and four line break assists. A try and a line break in one game there. Um, he also cracked 40 tackles numerous occasions and one time had 57 tackles, which was just... Um, insane in this league considering the, the, the pace of the play. So well done to Dan, very well deserving, and that is one hell of a 13 that we've just named. Certainly is a uh, fair team, mate, and I think it's only fitting. <laughs> the crowd gets up and about for our starting lineup, but uh, that's not where the team ends, mate. We've got another four men who... While most of those guys will probably punch through 80 minutes, uh, you need to have a bench because uh, it's a, uh, a taxing game we play. And there's, to be fair, there was about 30 players we would have liked to have included in this team. Mate. We could have had a very extended bench if we, if we wanted to. Uh, but we, we capped it to four to be uh, a bit more realistic. And we didn't want uh, Mooney and Kitty to, uh, sorry, Rochi and Kitty to have too many uh, too many blokes to manage uh, post-game showers. So we had a four-man bench made and... I think it kicks off in, in probably the most apt fashion it could. Yeah, sometimes things just fall into place, mate. The, the stars align, and, and this is one of those that I had a chuckle with it after the last game of the season. wasn't by design. He just found his way here. Mr. Number 14, Matt Moon, finds his place on the bench here. His rightful place in the 14. Um, several key performances for Macquarie Scorpions across the year in multiple positions across the park. Uh, round 13, I noted, uh, had two tries, two line breaks, three try assists, 10 tackle busts, 143 metres, four offloads, and 93% in defence. So, like Dan Peck, mate, this bloke can do it all, has massive games, and a few of those registered a few three-point efforts, which got him uh, to nine points on the season. So, well done to Matt, sniping a bench spot there in the Statman team of the year. Uh, we'll go across to two guys who actually finished on 10 points, but uh, they couldn't crack the team based on positions. Uh, first one is Will Pearsall, the entrance Tigers representative in this Statman team of the year. 
uh, arguably their most important player or one of their most important players throughout the year. Uh, he was a frequent in their number six jersey, uh, really invaluable experience and leadership to their young side. Uh, and round nine against Lakes, he had a try, a try assist, a try contribution, a line break contribution, and a forced dropout. And he replicated that stat line a few times too. So well done to Will from the entrance. And the other guy who finished on 10 points was the second and final Lakes United representative. Um, not Nick Glowy, who usually features in these sides uh, or would feature, but he had an injury-riddled season, unfortunately. It's actually Ryan Potts, the young and up-and-comer from Lakes United. Uh, versatile as well. He's able to play in the halves or at lock. Uh, delivered several big performances. Uh, in one game, he had a try, three line break assists, two try assists, one line break, three tackle breaks, and two offloads. So that was against Curry in the round one catch-up. Uh, other games, he, he simply was a defensive workhorse, surpassing 40 tackles a few times. So I just thought his presence really highlights a really exciting crop of youngsters coming through at, the, at Lakes United there. So well done to Ryan. And rounding out the team, another nine points like Matt Moon. And unfortunately, the only Cessnock Goanna representative in this side um, is Wyatt Shaw. We've mentioned his name a few times on the podcast. He well-deservedly makes his way into the side. In second row position, he usually plays for Cessnock. He really, um, really was a powerful ball runner. Uh, game against West in round 10, saw him score a try, 147 metres and 11 tackle busts. He often put up more than five or six of those a game. Uh, really, really good uh, at work rate out there and attack uh, more so than defence and, and was a real strike weapon for Cessnock all year. And just on Cessnock, and we touched on before, players that missed out on the side, there were three of them on eight points who just missed out. So um, Peter Godinay, Harry O'Brien and Sam Clune all on eight points would not have looked out of place in this side based on their efforts, but can't fit them all in, mate. So well done to that 17. Um, that was a, a mammoth effort to get through I haven't spoken that long in about 20 years, but um, we did it. We- hey, that's not only for the players, that's for you, because that's yeah, that is the first time that we've just handed the microphone to you and let you loose for 10 plus minutes, so well done, mate. <laughs> the poor listeners is. <laughs> no, uh, it's all good, mate. No, well done, yeah, mate, and um, yeah, it's a, a, a very strong side with, um, as you said, there's a, another... 15 to 20 players you could have made a case for. Of course, as we announced earlier on, the coach of the year was went to the uh, Macquarie Scorpions dynamic duo of uh, Steve Kidd and Matt Moon. Uh, Matt Moon, Matt Roach. That's the second time I've done that. Roach, he's going to uh, he's going to have me for my guts for guard. As if I keep forgetting his name, mate, he might not want to come back on the show. He's on this week, um, but yeah, absolutely huge. And uh, mate, I do believe, and I don't have a drum roll. You've got something else to announce. Although it sounds like you had something else you wanted to add. I just wanted to add, first of all, yeah, Roachy and Kitty, well done there. Well-deserved. 15 separate players registered at least one point. Uh, people wondering why, why obviously, Maddie Lantry wasn't coach of the year with, with the most representatives in the 17. We just decided it was probably fairer to go that route with, um, you know, the most players to actually accrue one point because there were 112 players by the end of it who had at least one. And for the people's interest, uh, Maitland had actually 14 players. So it was very, very close at the end. And, uh, we might have had a joint joint coach of the year if it was fifteen, all three coaches. So um, anyway, well done. Could have got very, very messy. Could have got very messy very fast if we had a few sides all finish on fourteen or fifteen players. And you know, the, co- <laughs> the, the, the coach of the year is Ian Burke, Matt Leantry, Phil Williams, 
Uh, <laughs> we'd have to find some sort of cowback. But, yeah, as you say, Josh, we talked about it before actually delving into the stats once we had the end-of-season leaderboard. We said, what's the best way to do it? We hadn't done the team of the year or anything else at that point. And that was the way we came up with, and that's what we've stuck with. And it'll be our, our judging criteria till till thereafter, uh, unless we come up with a, a better reason. And on that note, mate, too, a good point that was raised by someone in um, a message, I can't remember if this was on Facebook or Instagram, was around, I think it was Instagram, around a rookie of the year. Um, it's something that we will endeavour to do next year, but it's very hard to do putting toothpaste back in the tube and working out who's a rookie, who's not, who, where they've accrued points and those sorts of things. So we'll, we'll try, try and do something around that next year to be able to award that as well because I think that's a, a key thing to recognise in terms of the best polling youngster. But um, you'd have to think that uh, young Potts might be close, but I don't, again, we don't know how many points he would have, uh, how many games he would have played in previous years, which makes it really difficult. Yeah, that would be good to have some uh, further awards and initiatives like that, mate. But, yeah, yeah, stats are, I mean, yeah, sorry, time is limited and obviously information on some of the guys is limited too, so it might be a bit hard. But uh, in any case, we'll, we'll try to continue this on each year with a team of the year. Uh, gives recognition to really 17 guys and a coach who've done a tremendous job, but we'll also feature the guys that, you know, just missed out um, and deserve to be there too, so... And as we touched on at the top, we'll wrap it up as well with the fact that, mate, anyone who stepped out on that field, congratulations on a great season and we hope to see you all back next year as well. That we certainly do, mate. I didn't know, did you want to foreshadow what you've got? I know it's a little way down the track, but what you've got coming in terms of a potential, uh, you might have some to give away and some different things on. I know something yeah, you put a bit yeah. of heart and soul into. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've organised the... Uh, uh, well, being a fan of memorabilia, and you are too as well, I, I hit up uh, Tops if anyone's familiar with the trading card company, and we've got uh, some, co- com- how do you say it, uh, commemorating the Statman team of the year uh, with a, a few sets of, of trading cards for the boys as well with a, a, a you know, like professional stuff picture on the front, description on the back, and I think that'll be great. I'll keep a set for myself, probably frame it up for uh, memory of doing so many hours into this comp this year, and I'll obviously look to give it to you to, uh, some of the players or the coaches, but there will be a couple of sets there uh, for giveaway to fans of the show, mate. Uh, on top of the current giveaway we have going, and that's probably a good segue for you to touch on that again if you haven't already. Yes, yeah, certainly, mate. We do have the current giveaway, and um, I can confirm uh, we have kit from nine of the 11 clubs um, committed to, so I'm not going to name and shame, but we have nine of the 11 uh, a number of those are now in my possession. I received the Souths kit, which looks very flash uh, a couple of days ago in the post. So looking forward to being able to give all that away. And to add to that, we actually have another team in the uh, current B-grade minor premiers and grand finals university that have donated a piece of kit as well. So that'll add a, add a little prize, something a little different. Um, and we and we know, I know we've had a couple of clubs that have reached out and said next year they'll make sure to have some extra stuff and put it aside for us early from both the uh, grade and the Newcastle Hunter Club. So... Uh, it's probably something we'll be able to do ongoing, but uh, certainly jump on. There's a post that goes back about a week on our Instagram. Just go back and you'll see the giveaway post. All you've got to do, jump in there. Make sure you've followed us on Instagram. Jump in there in the comments and put someone else's name, someone else's tag for Instagram and your local or real NRL team of choice. It's not to say that's the team that you'll get. We will randomize all the entries on Friday, which will be tomorrow once this show is released. Uh, and announce the winners on our Instagram on either Friday or Saturday, depending on our availabilities. And then we'll organise from there to get the stuff either shipped directly from us if we're in possession. But I know a couple of clubs like Maitland and Macquarie have held onto it for us and they're going to just ship it directly to the winners. So, um, yeah, really great initiative. 
Uh, really enjoyed being part of it because at the end of the day, Josh and I love to be able to take the opportunity to give back. So jump on there, get around it. Um, if you have already, then you know, make sure you let everyone else know as well. And just the, the more the merrier in there. And uh, yeah, we look forward to plenty of entries already. But um, yeah, it's a, a total of 10 prizes at this stage, which is really great for us to be able to give away, mate. Yeah, it's fantastic. Can't wait to send those out to the lucky winners and um, can't wait for Tops to send me these cards. been a while already. So, um, you know, Americans are a bit slow, mate. So hopefully arrive soon. Yeah, the Seppos aren't the sharpest or the fastest, mate, but that's all right. Um, and I say that with love because we do actually have a couple of American listeners uh, thanks to or according to Spotify. Um, so, yeah, great. great. Uh, feel free to give us some feedback in the... Uh, in the uh, Instagram messages, if that if you happen to be one of the two people from there or the other weird <laughs> nations of Latvia and somewhere else that we've had people listen from. But anyway, um, I digress, mate. A big thank you again to you. Congratulations to all of the Stats Team of the Year um, points getters and the ones that are in the team, the ones that just missed. And there's a few things, as I said, that you'll have rolling off the back of that. Make sure to enter in our giveaway. If you want to see all the amazing graphics and everything else that Josh puts together and slaves over... Um, I'm, I'm assuming outside of his normal work hours because, you know, that's all we ever do. We never think about rugby league during our work hours because we're devoted to our day jobs. Uh, Lee Castle AU on Instagram. Um, and if you're interested in the stats or anything else and you want to have a chat, just jump into our messages. Josh and I uh, are both always happy to get in there. Sometimes it's a little confusing as to which one of us you're talking to. We try and clear it up. But, mate, um, a big thanks again to you for a mammoth season. Mate, I know you've done 500-plus hours of stats, plus you've we're at episode 24 here, so you, you've probably done about... 30 to 40 hours of just directly talking shit to me, not counting all the messages and things that we've sent back and forth. So uh, thank you again, mate. I look forward to um, spending the next three months talking NFL with you before we get back into some rugby league again. Yeah, no worries, mate. <laughs> Thanks very much for all your effort as well, having me on again. It was a great year. Uh, good to be able to yeah do something else other than give the stats to the clubs, use it for the listeners as well, the ones we can use. Big thanks to the clubs for letting me do that. Big thanks to Junkyard Skips. Um, yeah, can't wait, mate. One more podcast to go right for me. Well, for me anyway, after the grand final next week, which I'll be there and and then going to enjoy a great game, hopefully. Yeah, that's it, mate. Uh, well, we'll wrap it up here and um, everyone get down. Enjoy Sunday. It's going to be an absolute cracking encounter. Um, and, of course, don't forget there are the two earlier games, the under-19s uh, kicking off from 11.45, the reserve grade as well, first grade. It's going to be an absolute festival of footy. Get down. It's supposed to be good weather, good time to get a blue can into or plastic cup because of the stadium. But um, And, you know, play Where's <laughs> Wally. He, actually, I'm going to put it out there, Josh. I'm going to come up with a special prize that will be drawn out of anyone that can find you on Grand Final Day and get a selfie with you and send it to yeah, you yeah, on Instagram. I, I, how's that for a different... I'm not going to be able to be there, so everyone go and keep Josh company. Go and find him. Um... The great thing is not many people know what you look like, so it's going to be a good challenge, but there's a good tip. You'll be around Maitland or Macquarie's uh, groups on Saturday, uh, Sunday afternoon. So if you can find Josh and send something through, you're going to draw to win another prize that we'll come up with. I'll, I'll pull something out of my... Uh... Follow the <laughs> follow the abacuses. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, look look, look, look for the abacuses and calculators and, um, yeah, you, you'll, be, you'll be close to the mark. But, mate, thank you again. Let's close it out there. And, uh, yeah, good luck to everyone playing on the weekend. And... Uh, yeah, good luck to everyone surviving Mad Monday, I suppose. That's it, mate. Cheers, guys. Have a good week. Okay, kicking off the Newcastle Rugby League Grand Final show with the Under-19s Grand Final. Something a little different. It's a competition we don't spend a lot of time, unfortunately, focusing on just because of 
how thinly spread we are, but we thought with it being the big dance, it was time to chat to one of the boys involved. And, well, this guy is probably one of the most appropriate. Not only has he played and starred for the under-19s this year at Lakes United, one of the dominant sides, he's also made a few cameos in first grade, and he's none other than Lakes United half Taj Blackman. Taj, welcome to League Castle. Oh, thanks for having me, mate. Good to be on. No, mate. Um, now, we were having a little chat off air. You and I are, are reasonably well known to each other. We've uh, locked horns a few times, and you kept me on my toes when I... Had my former career in pink, mate. Uh, we sure have. You're right. Uh, yeah, you're, 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 I'll have to say, mate, compared to a lot of players in, that, in the brackets that I refereed in those juniors, you're fairly well-versed in the rules, mate, which is not a nice challenge, but, geez, it uh, kept me honest a few times. Uh, I brushed up, up on it every now and then just to, just to keep you on your toes. Yeah, I like it, mate. Well, mate, uh, how's it been this year? Obviously, as I said, you've had a bit of a mix of the 19s and first grade, I guess, in terms of the 19s, it's been a fairly successful year for Lakes. A little bit of a slower start, but you built well towards the end with some good wins. And first grade, obviously, a sort of up and down season with, with Bubba there, but uh, a nice opportunity for yourself to, to test yourself at that, you know, I guess the against the more experienced, more seasoned players. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think with the 19s, I think uh, last year, the season getting called off, I think a few of the boys were just raring to go. Um, so that, I think that's where a bit of the success come this year. Um, and with first grade, I think, well, we were dealt a few injuries early in the year, which didn't help. But I thought I thought they stuck in there quite well. They were pretty resilient throughout the whole year. Um, obviously, Bubba leading from the front. I have someone very good up there. So, yeah, I think I think it was a tough season for first grade. But, yeah, 19s, they're, um, they've done well. They're, they really stuck in and everyone's had a good crack this year. And, and in terms of that, it's probably you know been good because you're not the only one that's in that boat. You've had had a few of your boys that have gone through and, and debuted in 19s, and some of them that you know, like I'm, I'm thinking of young Bo that plays out on the edge for you guys in back row. He's certainly come up against a lot bigger bodies than he would in 19. So having that you know prepared us against physicality, do you think that's helped in the run home as well? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, we had Regan as well, Regan and Bowie. Uh, they both debuted this year as well. Um, I think going up the first grade, the first grade of boys definitely made it easier for us just to roll in and do our job. I think they made it easy for us just to slot in. But, um, yeah, it was definitely, definitely for myself, it was humbling going up against the bigger bodies. Um, and for Bowie, he, he loves it, I think. I think he just loves getting up against the bigger bodies. Yeah, he certainly, again, having dealt with you boys as juniors, he's not one to have shied away from the physicality and the contacts. Mm-hmm. That would be embraced by him. But, mate, let, let's, yeah, have a, definitely not. let's have a bit of a look at the finals that, that have happened. And, obviously, we'll get to the fact of, you know, Lakes having multiple sides across grand finals in a moment. But you headed into the finals, on that, as I said, on the back of that really good run. I think it was, you know, there was a good string of wins to finish the season there, um, including against yeah, some definitely. of those other top sides. Yeah, definitely. We, uh, we had a good win over South. Um, which boosted our confidence, um, and we sort of we were, we were training well, tra- yeah, training hard, um, and yeah, we sort of rolled into the into the semi-finals feeling real good. Um, we had a, that loss to West two weeks ago, tight one, but um, yeah, definitely looking forward to having another crack at that. Yeah, certainly it was it was the uh, well o- almost a literal game of two halves if we if we move half time by about sixty seconds, mate. Uh, you guys really slow out of the blocks, I'm sure you'll admit yourself, and then possibly one of the most unlucky with the bounce and everything else, but as I'm sure you'll tell me that that could have been managed, um, starts to a second half. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, we'll just slow to start, probably come with our warm-up a little bit. Uh, we were slow slow in, uh, in the warm-up, which just 
you could tell first 15, 20 minutes and errors and penalties in the first 10 just really done its in for that first half. And, and, I'm, and I'm sure the, uh, the the super coach or the, uh, the I think uh, Tony Delaney refers to him as the sexiest man in Newcastle Rugby League would have been pre- pretty pumped though with the, the resilience you guys showed to, to fight back to get it to level with that finish and just the, the grit that you showed there even though you went down by that field goal. Yeah, definitely. Uh, big sexy. He's a passionate man and uh, that showed before the game and also at half time and I think a lot of the boys just put in the effort because of the passion they see in, in our big princey. Now, mate, let's let's have a look ahead to the grand finals, and um, I know um, it's a, it's a pretty proud achievement for Lakes as a side that's prided itself on having junior development, so having you guys in the grand final. But what's it been like having those the women there, and the fact that in their first year they've made the grand final as well, mate? Yeah, definitely, they've had a great season. Um, it's good, definitely really good to have two teams in there, and yeah, it's been really good. Yeah, so certainly great to see them succeeding and making that grand final their first year, and I'm sure they'll be out in full force on Sunday and, and probably quite warmed up because they've been a big part of the social element down there at Carl Oval a few times when I've been down there. If they uh, get the win, they'll be cheering you boys on pretty vocally, I reckon, around lunchtime on Sunday. Yeah, definitely they always get around. We, we appreciate it every week. They always stick around and cheer us on. Yeah, lovely, mate. Well, let, let's let's talk your big, big dance, and you've split the games one and one with... West, but the, the common denominator both times has, has been the fact that you've you've had to come from behind and, and claw them down, even with going down by one. You know, you had to come back into that game. Has that been a focus, talking about making sure you get the warm-up and the start right this time around? I think, yeah, definitely. Um, it's probably been our focus all year, is to try to get that start. Um, not just West, but every every game, sort of, we, we end up chasing our tail a little bit, but when we when we do start and we get on that front foot, we're, we're a big force to, to uh, reckon with. So, um, yeah, definitely be a focus throughout the week. Just the training, just getting our warm-ups right and uh, rolling into our field sessions ready to go. Sort of not rolling in and and being a little bit cold and, yeah. So I definitely, definitely aim to warm up well this week and hopefully that rolls into sad- Sunday. And, and how's, the challenge, how's the challenge for a lot of the players? Obviously, playing at a ground of that magnitude. Obviously the ground's not going to be full, but it's still it's still a very different venue to play it to any of the, the real NRL grounds. Yeah, definitely. I think I think the boys are more so excited, more so than anything, um to play on the McDonald Jones. So even yeah, even though there won't be a packed crowd, there'll still be a fair few people out there to support us, hopefully. So I think they're just more excited than anything. Yeah, I'm sure there'll still be some vocal Lake supporters, mate. There's a good crew of those, and there's always an atmosphere down at Carl, so I'm sure they'll, they'll try and transport that up to New Lambton there, you know, just across the road from your rival's home ground. But, yeah. Mate, uh, is, is there anything in terms of West that you need to focus on this weekend, or is it all internal in terms of the focus as you build towards the game? Oh, I think it's more so internal. I think we'll focus on us more than anything. Uh, definitely, They're definitely a great side. They, um, Yeah, they've, they've got talent all over the park. If we if we train right and focus on us, we'll we'll uh, definitely give them a challenge. Lovely, mate. Well, all the best as a you know man who pulled on the uh, Lakes colours very briefly for a season there many moons ago, mate. I wish you guys and the girls all the best of luck this weekend. I'm sure it'll be a uh, fairly raucous celebration from uh, plenty of the boys if you can lift the trophy. So good luck this weekend, uh, and uh, yeah, all the best for a big Lakes crowd turning out on Saturday. I uh, sorry on Sunday to uh, support you boys in the big dance. Ah, uh, beautiful. Cheers, mate. Appreciate your time.
Okay, time to get into the reserve grade grand final this weekend, and it's going to be an absolute bumper clash. It is the Northern Hawks, the first team in at 1.15 at McDonald Jones Stadium on Sunday that will take on West Rosellas. West always a powerhouse in the lower grades and a man who has been around the traps at West. And I think the number was something like 350th game he racked up the other day in the senior grades. Dave Dryden, uh, the evergreen veteran. How are you, mate? <laughs> Good, mate. Good. How are you? Good, mate. I feel like this is long overdue. You've been on, on pretty much every other social media platform and uh, platform out there around Newcastle Rugby League. You're a man, like a man we were just talking about off the air, Dwayne Sampson, who will join us uh, in our Newcastle and Hunter grand final preview show, who's uh, a little bit made for media when you squeeze it in around all those footy games. <laughs> yeah, no, mate. Yeah, mate. I like, uh, I like spreading, spreading the wings a little bit and getting there. Getting this terrible voice over all platforms. So, um, yeah, mate, it, it's good to be on the show. And, mate, uh, while you've done a bit of video, I think, and I'm sure you won't mind me saying this, a bit like me and Sambo, yourself as well, like we are some absolute rubbish talkers with heads that are built for radio and podcast. Yeah, mate, 100%. Um, you know, oh, I, it was like 2000, 2017, I think I started working with um, with Bar TV and, and doing some stuff with them, and it was only through, um, like, I, I thought it was an absolute, like, piss take. I thought they were only joking. Um, <laughs> Because Mark, the kid of all, all pranksters, was ringing up saying, yeah, Pete Jolly wants to talk to you. He's been chasing your name, chasing your number. And, um, yeah, Matty Lantry took took me um, it took me about five minutes to give me a bit of confidence and tell me that I was all right at it, and I'd, I'd go okay. And, 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 yeah, mate, ever since then, it's it's been um, it's been smooth sailing and it's heaps of fun. You get to watch some footy and, yeah, like Sambo, you know, talk a fair bit of shit, you know. It's, it's good. Mate, there's some good names on there. Both those men, Mark Tafur and Dwayne Sampson, will uh, feature in our Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League preview for the grand final for the A grade, before, which will be released before this app, mate. But let's turn yep. our focus to, to your side and uh, the week ahead. You've, you've had to take the hard road after a – look, you know, you'll probably admit it was a fairly comprehensive uh, loss in the in the first week of semis. Yeah, mate, it, 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 it was in, in the end. Um to be honest, like it was a little bit disappointing how how that game, um, you know, ended. We felt like we were in it at half time. We felt like we were executing the game plan quite well. Um, but when you know we just come out after half time, we we're probably a little bit flat, um, and and probably showed um, probably probably a little bit of how how unexperienced we are. We, you know, so they they scored two quick tries and. Um, and then after that, mate, we, we never really felt like we were in that game. Um, and we couldn't really get back into the groove of that, that game plan that we had. So, later probably was convincing in the end. Um, and, and like I said, disappointing that, um, you know, we didn't make more of a go. But in saying that, mate, we've had, um, you know, a fortnight of really, really good footy. We've had some solid sessions. We've... Um, we've been able to execute a game plan and um, we'll have one for the Hawks this Sunday. And, um, yeah, mate, we'll just try to execute it as best as we can. We're definitely coming in, like you said, with the with the um, the hard road. Um, but in saying that, mate, we've, I've played in some grand finals where we've had an absolute cruise um, into the grand final, and you don't really feel like you're, you're ready for it. You seem sometimes you just feel like you have a good game, you win, training, you know, 
all week, have a session on the Saturday because you're not playing, you win again. You, you only play two games of footy in a month. Um, so I think sometimes you, you like that um, that tough road into the grand final because you, you sort of know how to get into the grind and, and play some tough footy straight away. Yeah, I guess it's a thing too to have had some, some consistency of footy and, and there's some teams just depending and we talked about it off air before, you've got, even though you've got some of the, uh, the certainly more experienced men of the competition in yourself and uh, the flying accountant out in the wing, Luke Pullman, mate, um, <laughs> you, you've got quite a, a young core as well, which sometimes it's best to keep them playing footy in a lot of situations. Yeah, yeah, mate, yeah, you're 100% um, right there. We've got uh, myself, um, Pullman, um, We've got the error, uh, ever irresistible pest, Lockie Buller. Um, you know, he's he's only 20. I think he said he was 24 or 25, which I think is a massive porky because he's fucking looks 30. Um, but yeah, but see, but he's, he's, he's averaged it out, mate, because he looks 30 and acts 12. So that's where he's going to middle ground. We had a team dinner last last Wednesday or the Wednesday before and he was going in the Fannies for uni night. That's how, <laughs> how much, that's how much of a kid brain he is. But um mate, in saying that he's he's been playing Reggie's for you know, and playing some, some solid football, um, especially this year. I, I don't tell him much um to his face, but this year he's been massive. So he's he's probably someone who doesn't get um some recognition for um how experienced he is, especially in um, in Reggie's and playing in grand finals, I've, you know we're both, um, you know, have played played a fair fair few grand finals, like in the last couple of years. So, um, mate, we've got him, but but it's also like we need those those young kids to start playing a bit of um, tough semi final footy. I know Tyler Moody um, on the weekend copped a, a pretty nasty knock to the jaw, and and that sent him out of the game against the Hawks in the first. Um, prelim semi, um, but it was just great to see him sort of grit down on his mouth guard a little bit, show some toughness and resilience, and you know it's all over platform how fast he is. He was he was outstanding. Um, so players like that, um, you know, it's, it's really good to see them um, blossom and get some experience in um, some senior semi final footy. And mate, your opponents this weekend, the Northern uh, Hawks, you, you know them, uh, certainly a good crew of their boys uh, fairly well, uh, mate, after some time yep. there. Yep. Yeah, mate, I've, I've you know, we played a lot of footy with Port, um, played a lot of footy against him. So, you know, we're, we know how crafty he is, like the whole comp does. So, um, you know, it's no secret what he's going to do. He'll he'll steer his team around. He'll kick corners. um, you know, he'll do those things. And then, you know, they've got a really, um, I'll take a sly little shot at, um, you know, Quincy Ross, who's a young fella I played with out at Wellington. Um, he was, he was going to, he was going to play at West this year, but you know, he went to the Hawks this year and he's, he's outstanding this year. I'm really proud, um, of where he's taken his footy career on it. He's only just turned 20, I think this year. So mate, he's playing in a, in a reserve grade team, um, you know, in a forward pack that that probably is inexperienced. There's not many really in that forward pack that have played a lot of senior footy, and um, mate, he's just killing it at the moment. Um, so is young Aaron Bryden. So mate, they've they've got um, they're they're inexperienced in the forwards, but then you know in the back line they've got 
Brad Ty, who's played NRL. They've got Ports. They've got Manu. They're they're, they're really um, well drilled and well um, experienced across the park. So, um, mate, we know what we've got to do to sort of compete with them. And, um, you know, it's just about showing up and working for each other now in these big games, in the big dance. So, um, but yeah, yeah, we know. I'll, we won't. I won't get too much in what we're probably going to think or do because it, um, it might be be a bit of a surprise to them. But yeah, keep, um, keep it keep it under wraps, mate. Yeah, take, mate. Take all the we'll, advantages you can. Yeah, we will. And uh, but but you're right, mate. Like you know, even, and you know, it's 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 going to be a tough task. They've got an NRL hooker or ex NRL hooker there, and then they've got you know Brad Ty and Ports who's Played 250 games in the Newcastle career uh, in Newcastle comp, so they've they've got experience in all the key areas, and then they've got like little nippy um, fullbacks and wingers that just always seem to beat that first defender. So um, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be fast. I hope it's not too hot. Um, so yeah, it should should be a cracking game. Hopefully, it's not um, you know too attack dominated, but. Um, yeah, it's going to be a good one for sure. Yeah, it certainly will, mate. And yeah, I think that's something that's underrated. A lot of people talk about that spine. Um, obviously, you know the likes of Ports, Tyler Randall there, and then yeah, the fact that tells you how deep they are in the spine. When they've got a bloke like Bones, Jason Boney coming off the bench, mate, as a as a utility is pretty handy because he'd be, you know, starting half in a lot of um, either A grade or reserve grade sides at this current point. Yeah, mate, and and you know we played South. Um, I like it might have been the game before the Hawks and. I said to I said to Natty here, I said I'm actually glad what Bones isn't at South because he'd be starting. Where at the Hawks he comes off the bench and gives Portal, um, you know, young spiders like Liam Walsh, give him a rest or where they put Spider. Um, I'm not too sure, but or how that interchange works. But mate, he's he's dangerous in his own element, Bones, and and so's what like, so's um. You know, so is Liam Walsh. So you're right, mate. Look, that, that spine that they've got there, it's, it's, it's experience and they love playing up-tempo footy. So, um, you know, we've just got to control what we can control and hopefully don't give them so much time. Yeah, exactly, mate. It's going to be an interesting challenge, but it'll be well worthwhile, mate. And obviously, it'd be remiss of us not to mention, uh, with the young club we're talking about, mate, your 19s in the grand final as well. They've had the, the week off and... They're going to have a lake side that are uh, up for the chart task after losing by a field goal late in their uh, game a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, mate. There and you know you should see them at training. Those those kids there, like I, I don't even think there would be many that that um, are too old next year. So they're probably all you know turning eighteen this year or have turned eighteen this year. Um, so they're so they're eligible to play 19s again next year. We've had a few that have come up to to Reggie's. I know Bailey Skulls was really close to qualifying for reserve grade, but he got suspended late, um, which meant um, he could qualify for 19s. But like that kid alone um, has played juniors in the reps, like the junior nights, and um, there's a young. Young kid of McEwen who's only seventeen. He's a back rower and he's he's a beast. Like you can't control him um, at training when we're doing a pose. So um, you know they're really really energetic. They're they're young. They're 
they're youthful and they're fast. Um, so they're, they're going great guns and coached by, um, you know, Matt Kennedy. So, you know, Keno, he's, he's really meticulous about how he coaches and he's, he's really in-depth with his structures and stuff like that. So um, no doubt they'll have some video ready for, for what Lakes do really well and, and that'll be a big challenge because they've got Taj Blackman in um, in the number seven for Lakes and he's he's outstanding. We, uh, myself and Natty, were watching him. Uh, we coached the Andrew Johns this year and uh, the Andrew Johns Knights Cup team and, and Taj Blackman was the Laurie Daly halfback and he's just, he's all class. He come back from from the Knights SG ball team were like, geez, the halfback and five eight must be good for the Knights if this bloke's back here. Um, and as it turns out, the SG ball halfback is playing um, Jersey flag. <laughs> so, so they proved right. So, but, but yeah, Taj is really good and, and um, that, Lakes, that Lakes team will be up for the challenge. Um, it was good to see how they, how they got ready because we shared the same shed on on Sunday, uh, Saturday out at Macquarie, but um, yeah, big tough ch- um, challenge for them, mate. They'll they'll be ready for it, but mate, you're absolutely nailing the names here today in terms of everyone else that's on the grand final show because we had a chat with Taz just before you. So, mate, not, oh, only, yeah. not only is he um, you know quite switched on in terms of his footballing ability, very uh, well presented, well spoken bloke for that age, and very collected. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I think he'll be one to watch, as you say. Very surprising he wasn't. Um, Applying his trade most of the year in the ball, and I think he'll be there and thereabouts for some years to come. Hopefully, he's one the Knights can hang on to. Yeah, mate, and, and I think that's probably where um, the Knights probably need to do a little bit of work is holding on to these players. Like you can understand some players leaving to have that opportunity if they're not getting it here at, at um, you know, in their backyard. But oh, mate, Taj, he just sums up, you know, he just sums up all the situations, you know, ideally and. Um, you know, he he was at um, training at the start of the year with with some of the Andrew Johns boys and some of them halves, and he was helping them. So he come back when um, he was dropped from from ball, and most of the time you've got kids kicking stones, mate. He was there helping our kids and giving pointers when we're doing a post. So um, that that instantly raised my eyebrows, and I, I, I thought straight away, like, what a what a um, well-matured sort of young fella he was to do that at such a young age. Well, hopefully he's not firing too much against your boys on Sunday afternoon, mate. We might wrap it up there, mate. Um, on the, yeah, on the closing easy. note, I will tell you it's only predicted to be 19 degrees at, um, at the peak temperature on Sunday with a bit of cloud cover, oh. so not too bad for the, uh, for the old stages, mate. Lovely, mate. That's a big thank you to Dave Dryden from the Western Suburbs, Rosellas there. Unfortunately, we had a bit of an issue with the last few seconds of the audio, so it did cut out prematurely there. But again, thank you to Dave, and best of luck to both Northern Hawks and Western Suburbs in the reserve grade decider on Sunday afternoon from 1.15pm. Okay, kicking off the Denton Engineering Cup Grand Final preview. We are joined by Macquarie Scorpions. I don't know if the correct title is assistant or co-coach, certainly coach for 2023. Matt Roach, how are you, Roachie? Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. You're going well. So what, what is the correct title currently? Is it, and and Kit, Kitty's not here, so we can we can say what we like, really. But is it co-coach? Is it assistant coach? Or you just answer to either? 
no, definitely assistant coach, mate. Um, yeah, obviously looking forward to um, to taking over next year. But um, no, no, assistant coach for this year, mate. And um, yeah, just doing my role there to support Kitty throughout the year. Uh, lovely, mate. Um, it's been a good duo and, um, yeah, certainly uh, one that's been very friendly to our show and, and we look forward to keeping working with you over the coming years, mate. But uh, let, let's focus on, on 2022 because there's a little bit of work to be done for you guys uh, over the final, or what is now, seven days of season 2022, mate. It was a tough road to get there last weekend and, you know, obviously some injuries. It was quite a bit of talk, obviously, more broadly in the media around those injuries and how you're going to cope with them but uh, I tell you what when when a bloke like Jeremy Gibson steps up and plays like that it certainly makes uh, those reshuffles and changes a lot easier Yeah that's that's exactly right mate obviously another testing year for us in regards to um, injuries and, and different hurdles and stuff that we've had to jump through but mate like every other uh, side in the comp you know we spoke very early on about um, you know a club mentality and uh, an extended group of guys that we're going to play their part throughout the year. Obviously, you can't predict what's going to happen, but more times than not, you know, injuries are going to come. And, um, you know, the guys that have come in have been around the, you know, the squad there throughout the whole year and have really come in and um, and, and filled in and done, and done their job, which, you know, we had full confidence that those those guys were. And, yeah, obviously, you touched on Jeremy Gibson, obviously played an integral role in our win there on the weekend. And, um you know, he, he came to our club there a couple of years ago as a, a, you know, young and relatively inexperienced sort of half, but you can really see it, you know, regardless of his age, he's really maturing in that role. And, um, you know, he's, he's definitely someone I love to have in the team. And, and we obviously, with the last few weeks, losing Baden was, was a massive out, but um, a few other knocks and things coming out of last week, and it, it looks like Matt Moon, who's you know not only a show favourite, but uh, certainly been a vital asset for you guys, is uh, is going to be out of action this weekend, which will throw another little spanner in the works, I guess, and something for the team and yourself and Kitty to overcome. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, you, know, you, you hate to see those things, and you got to feel for for Mooney and Bado, and you know, obviously. Lost a couple of other guys throughout the year with you know Benny Roos and Lucy and stuff like that, and. It's just an unfortunate part of you know competitive sport, mate. You don't like to see opportunities get taken away from guys, and you know that's that's a sad thing with it. But you know, you know obviously Mooney's been an integral part of of what we've been doing. I think he's played you know every game for us in that two years span since we come back into the competition after the COVID twenty twenty, and um, you know, and all those guys you mentioned you know, have, have played their part. And you know, we, we wouldn't be sitting here this week preparing for a grand final without their efforts through the year. So. Um, they'll be in around the group, mate, and um, you know, helping us prepare the best way we can for the weekend. Yeah, it's it's a real shame, as you say, Mooney, one of the really nice guys. Um, I was I was quite chuffed when uh, Josh, our stats man, who you know well, put together our team of the year, and the way it actually landed was that that Mooney finished in the uh, in the in the bench spot, so he got that number fourteen jersey that he that he wears so well every week, even in our team of the year, which was quite quite a nice little piece for a guy that's been involved in our show the last couple of seasons, so that was great, but uh, be disappointing not to see him out there on the weekend. In terms of how you guys shape up, um, is is there going to be much of a change? Is there, and I know you'll probably want to play your cards fairly close to your chest, or is it just continuing to, to work on that next man up mentality? And I know, I think Wrighty was your, your 18th man coming back from his out. Um, he probably looms as a likely man who might get a bit of a run uh, on the weekend, depending on conditions. Yeah, we're, we're still just um, uh, seeing how we all pull up after 
the weekend, obviously, you know, you touched on a few there, but there's some other guys there carrying some bumps and bruises and, and see how they pull up. I think, um, you know, besides Mooney, I, I, I don't think any of them, any of the other ones are, are too serious. So we'd, um, you know, we'd, we'd like to think that, you know, they'll all play a part um, come this Sunday. So um, obviously Kyle Kingston come back in after um, concussion in the game or missing the game previous so um, and he played a great role on the weekend obviously he picked up another knock and had to come from the field as well so um, as I said I don't think that one's you know too serious um, so he should he should hold, you know retain a spot there and um, and play a role there and as you said there's obviously Jaden Wright who's come back from his own injury concerns um, and come back sort of at the right time we got to some training last week so um, there'll be obviously some decisions to be made during the week in regards to those two spots, but um, yeah, I can't see it being too dissimilar to last week. And, and in terms of the matchup this weekend, obviously Maitland's one of those teams where it's you know it's not a matter of shutting down one or two guys. They're they're pretty strong from one to seventeen, and and you know similar to yourselves, they've got that next man up mentality. Even if there are some question marks, or if there's anyone you know expected not to be there, but what we're hearing out of the camp is that they're expected to be pretty much at, at full tilt. So. Uh, how do you combat that? And on top of that, I'm sure, you know, should you be able to chalk a win, that it'd be much sweeter knowing that you've knocked them off at full tilt? Yeah, that's exactly right. They've obviously come, you know, through the final series and had the benefit of those um, spare weekends or bye weekends leading into these games. So um, I'd expect them to be fully fit and, and, and probably line up the same way as we, we faced them a fortnight ago is, is what I'd expect. So... Um, obviously, they went with uh, Perry as a bit of a utility on the on the bench there, and I mean, if they, you know, provides good cover with um, with Bradley, they can fill in anywhere in the back line anyway. So, um, yeah, wouldn't expect them to be too different to how we how we um, face them a couple of weeks ago. And, and you're right, mate; they've, they've obviously been the standout team in the competition for some time now, and strike all over the park. And you know, it's not just shutting down one person that you know. They, Anyone in that team, if you're not doing a roll right across the field, can um, can hurt you. So we know we've got to be you know, at our best to, to even compete with them, mate. Or, you know, as I said, they've, they've been good for a long time now. We'll no doubt start the game at real short price favourites, which you know, um, is to be expected. Yeah, you'd certainly expect they will head in as favourites. One, one thing, and I don't know if this is something that, that you guys take anything away from, the fact that you've, you've played them obviously three times this year, but the one time that you did play them away from Maitland Sports Ground, where we know they grow another leg with the crowd they get there, you were able to get over the top of them and one of only two sides to do that. So that must give you a tiny, you know, a tiny little boost to know that, you know, it's it's certainly achievable for your side. Yeah, that's exactly right, mate. You know, you've seen plenty of grand finals and even the ones recently played um, around the state, you know, there's, there's some upsets can, can happen and at the end of the day where, we're there on Sunday and we're going there to play football, mate. And, um, you know, we'll give ourselves a chance and, and we'll give it a red-hot crack. But, you know, we know there's obviously a big task ahead of us. It certainly is. But um, if you can take anything from relatedness, probably the most similar competition around our parts, mate. Third place, Tookley Hawks went through, won their first ever competition, mate. So uh, it certainly shows anything's possible after a, a fairly big result for them against Aaron Eagles. And, and congrats to the Hawks on that. But, mate, um, we wish you all the best for the weekend. A big thanks to you and the boys for all the involvement you've had in the show this year and uh, hopefully uh, you're celebrating a win on Sunday afternoon at about quarter to five and, mate, uh, then the uh, then the, the monkey's on your back, mate, in terms of going back-to-back if that's the case next year. 
No, thanks very much, mate. Um, you know, thanks to, to you and Josh and all the work you've done throughout the year, mate. Um, we're more than happy to jump on and give you a hand. And I think what you're doing for the local game is um, is tremendous, mate. So, um, yeah, we look forward to seeing everyone there in their green and gold um, on Sunday, mate. And, um, and hopefully we can do, uh, do our area proud. Okay, well, the show culminates in this. We've had the stats, man. We've talked to Taj Blackman from the under-19s. We've chatted all things reserve grade. We've caught up with Macquarie Scorpions assistant coach Matt Roach, and now it heads to the minor premiers. They've headed into the grand final with the week off, and we're fortunate enough to be catching up with their custodian, uh, the man at the back, none other than Dan Langbridge. Dan, welcome to League Castle. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having us, mate. Appreciate it. Mate, uh, big boots to fill. Uh, the last man on here who was a, a Maitland number one at the time went on to, to win uh, Stats Man of the Year. So uh, hopefully that's a trend for you heading into 2023 or maybe just a, a standout performance on Sunday. Yeah, standout performance on Sunday will do for me. But yeah, big shoes to fill. Mate, how's it been? It's been quite an interrupted season for yourself in terms of uh, injury. And uh, you might have got nervous a few times there with how well uh, Soaps was playing in the number one as to whether you'd be able to get back and, and claim your jersey. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I was very nervous. Kept getting injured and Soaps was bloody killing it. Um, it was making me heat nervous, but yeah, lucky enough, got, me, got to keep him slight. Very lucky. Yeah, l- lucky he's a versatile man, mate. Um, and yeah, as you said, you're back in the side now. You've timed it reasonably well, I guess. Uh, I'm sure you would have liked to have been there for the whole season, but coming through into the finals, a nice win over a depleted Macquarie after a couple of injuries struck them two weeks ago in the major semi. I'm sure you're aware and, and will reiterate the fact that it's not going to be that easy this Sunday um, and they'll be back up for the challenge. Yeah, 100%. They're a, uh, they're a classy outfit and they turn up no matter what. They've got that uh, next man up mentality, which is always uh, is great to have. And I, I think, uh, yeah, it's going to be a real tough game for sure. And now in terms of, mate, uh, I'm guessing a few of you boys either tuned into Bar TV or, or headed down to Lyle Peacock um, last weekend to, to check out what was going on. And uh, you talk about that next man up, mate, uh, a man who's probably played second fiddle in the halves for most of the year, Jeremy Gibson. He absolutely turned it on for them and, and he'll be uh, a bit of a danger for you boys this weekend. Yeah, without a doubt. Gibbo is an absolute weapon of a player. And yeah, I guess this season is really coming to his own. These last couple of games been on fire. He certainly has been made another man that stepped up for them and uh, he was the hat-trick hero and he'll uh, keep your outside backs undoubtedly busy. He's sort of in and out of the side as a bit of a you know next man up again um, as players were injured or suspended for them. Dean Morris, he, uh, he's fairly versatile and uh, I think he's going to be a hard push to push out of their side if he signs on again next year. Yeah, bloody oath, mate. He, he's another good player. He's a, they keep getting the next man up side players, but the players they're bringing up afterwards are still... Great players, they're bringing up. So uh, they've got great depth. Now, when we look at this week's game, mate, a lot of people are going to talk about uh, obviously a couple of different points in terms of the game. There's, we might start with the battle of the Fords. Two very strong Ford packs. Uh, obviously, I don't, you know, I know, I know you won't uh, want to talk your boys up too much, but they've done an amazing job this year. But also their pack as well with some of the players there, um, Big Higo and a couple of the other boys that have got through. I know they're going to be without Bobby Tracy, but some of those other players, mate, um, certainly uh, it's something that you guys have got to be up for and your, and your middles are going to have to certainly uh, step right up to the challenge. Yeah, definitely. They've got they're such a mobile pack and they're also very tough. I think that's, that's 
Macquarie's biggest credit, you know, they just keep on going and they never give up, uh, which always gives our forwards a massive test, uh, which they, they'll need to be on their best game to match it with them. They certainly will, mate. Um, and now something, you know, I, I, won't, I won't get into the fullback battle with you because, you know, that's a bit of a challenging one for you to evaluate yourself. And I know everyone knows what a threat Kerrid can be, but let's let's talk about, we've talked about one Higgins brother. Let's talk about the other Higgins brother up against the other Langbridge brother, mate. The battle of the nines. I know you'll be a bit biased towards Al, but two absolute standout hookers from our competition and two very experienced players coming up against each other in those roles. Yeah, for sure. No, nah, I'm not biased with Al. He goes a better player, mate. Al's <laughs> a bit soft. When, when the goal gets tough, Al tends to get missing it. He goes, oh, he's one of the toughest characters I've seen play. So, uh, without doubt, it'll be a great battle of the nines, I think, this game. I like it, mate. I like you keeping, <laughs> keeping him humble and honest. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, obviously, as you say, Higo, an absolute veteran and an experienced one at that. So, He'll be up for the challenge up against your brother. And, uh, look, I think across the paddock, there's some really good matchups as well. And, um, you know, I, I hear whispers that a few of your outside backs are uh, tell, telling everyone around that uh, they're better sorts than Joe Woodbury as well as, as uh, yeah, more potent on the wing. Is that right? And, and if so, who, who would that be saying that? Yeah, Jimmy Bradley has uh, got wrapped for himself. And, yeah, can't go past Matty Stokes. He uh, really does like the mirror. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I love it, mate. Uh, and, of course, our show favourite, mate, Fitoa Fitoa. I'm sure he's going to be up and about, mate. I can't believe I, I popped down to the uh, club the other week to present Soaps with his um, with his prize for the, the Stats Man of the Year. I expected Fitoa Fitoa to be, in person, a much bigger man for how hard he goes at everything out there. Yeah, yeah 100%. He's actually not too much bigger than me. Just a, uh, he's a very explosive and powerful body, that's for sure. He certainly is, mate. Uh, I had to give him a mention because he did say to me he doesn't get enough mentions on the show. So hopefully that <laughs> fires, fires the nugget up and um, he can star for you boys this weekend. But, mate, the final one I want to ask you about is the uh, the mental battle, the battle of the tacticians, Kitty and Rochi up against Matt Lantry. Obviously, Matt's probably uh, got a few more chalk chalks in the uh, in the win column and credits for the titles, but you can't underestimate how smart those other two football brains are at the other side of this game. No, nah, no, nah, exactly. It occurred to them that say, they've had so many injuries, yet they keep on winning. So in coaching staff, as long as the players, they're, they're all doing something right to get to where they are, without a doubt. Yeah, exactly right, mate. But um, what's what's it been like? Obviously, you've known Matty for some time and you know he's been a big part of, of your rugby league journey in recent years. What's, what's, it, what's Matty really like? He always seems so calm and composed you know, to the outside. Is he, is he always like that, even when things are going wrong? Yeah, no, Matty's pretty... You know, He's got a good balance, I think, between giving the boys praise when they're mucking around and knowing when to actually be cool, calm, collected. Um, I think that's one of his greatest attributes. He reads the room uh, nine times out of ten correctly. Yeah, lovely. And, and in terms of the regular season, I won't get you to tip this for the uh, for the grand final. Who, who's most likely to be on the end of a Matt Lantry bake at some point during the season for, you know, as you said, mucking about? <laughs> kind of... What is that? It's more of the, uh, I would say the forwards. He, he doesn't like to point someone out, but just a good generalisation of just like the uh, front rollers or something along those lines. He tends to throw one of those one-liners out there. Yeah, just a good good rev up in general, mate. So that doesn't surprise yeah. me. Having seen Matty play at the back end of his career, he's a pretty tough-as-nails sort of bloke himself. So he wouldn't, he wouldn't take for any uh, shirking away or backward steps from the forwards. So good to hear. And, uh, mate, we appreciate you giving up your time. It's going to be an absolute cracker of a battle uh, hopefully uh, there's an absolutely full to the brim or as full as it can get for Newcastle Rugby League crowd down there. 
this weekend because we know that Maitland and Macquarie are both drawing some massive numbers in terms of crowds in recent weeks. So we look forward to them all filling out the ground in black and white and green and gold. Hopefully a few more black and white for your cause. And, um, yeah, all the best of luck for the weekend, mate. And, um, yeah, try not to, uh, if there are some big celebrations, try not to mess up Jimmy Bradley or Matt Soap's good looks too much. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. Can't promise anything. Thanks for having us, Chris. All right, as we bring the show to a crescendo, we thought what better way to round out season 2022 than to have a preview of the grand final with a man who does all of the top-line coverage for the Denton Engineering Cup for the number one paper in the area, the Newcastle Herald is none other than Josh Callan. And Josh, welcome back to League Castle. G'day, Chris. Great to be here. Mate, uh, always good to have you on and a uh, good time of year as uh, always. We are just chatting off here, mate. Uh, the grand final, it's, uh, there's a bit of a different different feel in the air always at this time of year. It's starting to warm up again and, and the footy's heating up as it certainly will on Sunday for three big matches down at McDonald Jones Stadium. It feels like finals, Chris, and I love it. Love this time of year. No better in the footy season and particularly given that we've had two very COVID-interrupted years in 2020-2021, followed by, geez, what felt like the never-ending rain. I thought Noah's Ark was going to go down Hunter Street at one point. And uh, anyway, here we are. We're finally at the finish line, the big decider this Sunday, and, uh, yeah, can't wait. Should be a cracking contest. And uh, as I said in the intro there, mate, you're obviously the man that reports on all of the all of the, the stories, the subplots and everything else that, uh, that, that goes on with the season. And uh, there's been plenty this year. As you said, the rain in itself has been uh, an absolute story with rescheduling and midweek catch-ups and everything. But this grand final, it's been a, a number of different stories. Macquarie obviously hampered significantly by different injuries and things going on and suspensions. Maitland... They've obviously had the target on their back since, you know, a couple of years ago when they won the President's Cup. So, undoubtedly, some really interesting lines, I guess, leading into into Sunday's decider. Oh, look, 100%. And to be honest, there's a real feeling of deja vu from five years ago where Macquarie played West. The Scorps were quite battered and bruised. They'd lost, I think, everyone almost but Dan Abraham from their forward pack through injury and... They were up against West, minor premiers, red-hot favourites. Um, and, yeah, they caused quite the upset on, on grand final day. Um, and it was against a side coached by Matt Lantry, who, of course, is now in charge of the Maitland Pickers. And they find themselves up against Macquarie. So there are quite a few parallels uh, between those two years. And I think that... Uh, in itself, and just the way in which Macquarie have been able to rally at this back end of the year to sneak into third spot uh, in the last round, and this roller coaster they've been on during the finals, and the chaos of the last twenty minutes just on the weekend to qualify. Um, I think it shows that um, you know, although Maitland will and deservedly go in as favourites, uh, you know, based on their performances this year, top ranked and. You know, having beat Macquarie two weeks ago, 42-14 in that major semi, um, just feels like, yeah, really anything can happen on grand final day. And, you know, Macquarie, uh, they'll certainly be up for it. There's no doubt about that. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sure knowing Steve Kidd and Matt Roach as well, they will uh, relish, and uh, we had Matt earlier on in the show, they're relishing the fact that they're very much the underdogs and they'll be thriving on that, you know, blue-collar working Toronto area atmosphere and attitude of, you know, sort of having things stacked against them. And I think they'd like to have it that way. I don't think they'd want to be heading in as favourites in a game like this. No, you're, pro- you're probably right. I think they've yeah very much uh, embraced that tag and, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they'll necessarily love the favouritism part, but uh, yeah, you, you, you're right in terms of embracing that. And you, you mentioned the storylines before as well, like just some of the matchups, you know, we've got coming up, particularly the two captains, I think, in that hooking role, um, you know, between Liam Higgins for Macquarie, who's in his last game, he's retiring, it's going to be his birthday on Sunday, um, up against Alex Langbridge. Um, uh, from Maitland, you know, both the leaders, they're both playing alongside their brothers as well. So, uh, you know, they'll be really important, you know, parts of the puzzle for both teams. Uh, two former NRL players in, in great form from either side going head-to-head. Brock Lamb, the number seven from Maitland, very familiar, obviously, with McDonald Jones Stadium, you know, having played there with the Knights for a few seasons. And, and Carrot Holland, only a couple of years out of, the NRL with the Bulldogs, um, yeah, he's going to be at the back for Macquarie. So, yeah, some really good matchups there and maybe even a contrast of fortunes in the lead-up to from the judiciary that has, you know, on the same night, James Taylor, Maitland Prop, you know, found not guilty um, and only in the next, you know, session or case, um, Bobby Tracy, uh, from Macquarie uh, gets found guilty and, and, and gets ruled out. So some contrasting fortunes there for both clubs, you know, in the lead-up to the judiciary. So, yeah, some really good matchups, And, um, yeah, I think uh, as well, the, the other one that really struck me this week, Chris, is uh, a guy called Dean Morris. He's the winger for Macquarie. And um, he, uh, he's got a hat-trick, obviously, on the weekend, but... Uh, for Macquarie, but um, he's playing his 10th first-grade game in this grand final. There, there are people that go their entire careers and never might never ever play a grand final. And and here's Dean Morris in his 10th first-grade game. Crazy, crazy to think, isn't it? Oh, just unbelievable. So, no, there's some, yeah, some great, yeah, great storylines and, uh, yeah, some really great matchups and, um yeah, it all obviously comes through fruition at 3 o'clock on, uh, on Sunday. Yeah, it certainly shapes well. I know you touched on that hooker battle before. I tell you what, Matt Landry, I want to hope that um, it doesn't come down to that if Dan Langbridge is any good judge of hookers. We had Dan on the show earlier and he told us that uh, Liam Higgins is a better player than his brother. I think Alex might have been in earshot when he said it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> nothing like a bit of brotherly rivalry when you're on the same team. But uh, yeah. the other story I want to touch on, mate, um, the he's almost been the, the glue in the Macquarie side this year and he'll be missing in their utility, who's played a bit of almost everywhere on the field. Matt Moon, absolutely, you know, cherished bloke out at the club as well. So really devastating to see. And I guess that's the other side of, of grand finals. You see players that get to come in or players like Dean Morris that come in after only 10 games to play in their first grand final. Matt Moon's been, you know, I don't think he's missed a game for them the last two years. And now, unfortunately, due to a pretty serious injury, will miss the grand final. Yeah, it's brutal for Matt Moon. He's just been such a good performer and solid worker for the Scorps, you know, in that period and, you know, had had done a lot of, 
the grunt work again on the weekend in, in that game against Cessnock and yeah, got helped off. Didn't look good from the outset as soon as he had the arms around the trainers and I think they even ran out of painkillers on the sideline. He was uh, yeah, struggling that moon and uh, he was taken away in an ambulance. They suspected a break, so he, you know, if there's some silver lining, it was, you know, I say only a groin, but a, a adductor tear in the end. But yeah, devastating blow for him and what would have been grand final week. And he joins a pretty crowded casualty ward for Macquarie. I mean, Baden Sewell was the week before with a broken leg uh, and Ben Roos and Will Lussick, uh, you know, throughout the course of the season as well. So, um, yeah, you got a feel for, for Matt Moon. And it's probably also another probably interesting point between the two teams where, um, you know, Maitland potentially go in a bit fresher. I think over the last, say, month, um, you know, Macquarie have had double the workload. They had three games in that last week with some catch up with a catch up game as well, and plus three finals. So they've played six times, whereas Maitland in that same period have played three times. You know, two normal round games and and one finals appearance. So, you know, that could work in Macquarie's favour too. That they're you know mentally tough and you know match hardened, of course. But um, yeah, Maitland will, will certainly uh, go in fresh fresher of the two. That's for sure. They certainly will. It's, it's a double-edged sword, though, as you say. And the other interesting sort of stat, I guess, that was pointed out to me recently is Macquarie will have the confidence over the fact that the one time they've played Maitland, not at Maitland Sports Ground this year, they came out on the winning side of the ledger. You know, the stats show that Maitland are a significantly better side at Maitland Sports Ground. They're a good side no matter where they go. They only lost two games all season. But I'm sure that it'll be those little things, as well as knowing what they can do at their best, um, that will add some confidence to Macquarie. And... and I'm sure their camp's pretty uh, quietly confident. Uh, they're not going to be blasting from the rooftops, but they're, they're pretty quietly confident that they can do the job and, as you said, repeat the uh, dose of five years ago on Sunday. Yeah, and if you take that major semi out of the equation from two weeks ago, the teams were one all in the year. And like you said, that's a you know great stat in terms of beating them away from home, that 21-20 result back in, back in May. And even the game at Maitland uh, later on where the pickers won, I think 18-10, it was pretty close and, and the scores were up 10-0 and, you know, could have potentially gone the other way there. So, no, they'll take a lot of heart out of that, Macquarie. I think those uh, two games throughout the season that they've been able to, um, one, be one of the two teams to beat Maitland and also push them uh, a long way in one of those latter rounds. Uh, and on the flip side, Maitland will take a lot of, I think, um, you know, confidence out of not necessarily that entire major semi, but there was a period there, I think, I don't know if I'm going to get this right now, you know, in seven minutes in the second half where they just went bang, bang, bang and, and scored 18 points and just, you know, just turned it all on a dime. Um, and, you know, if they can do that again at, at any at any period, um, you know, that'll go a long way towards, you know, potentially winning winning any kind of game, let alone a decider. So, no, I think both teams, you know, have got, can case, you know, sorry, yeah, case good arguments um, from, you know, their previous meetings this year. That they certainly can. It's going to be well worth getting to McDonald Jones Stadium. Three games, as I said, kicking off uh, from about 11.45, I think, for the 19s through to first grade, as we said, at 3pm. It's a bumper day. Five different clubs involved, so we should see a good mix of fans, mate. But before we get out of here, I'm going to ask you for the uh, the big question, mate. What you've talked about, obviously, Maitland's strengths, Macquarie's strengths. Maitland do have that 
real power that they can just put on points, you know, in short windows and really take the wind out of another team. But when it comes to, you know, about quarter quarter to five on Sunday afternoon, who is it that's going to be holding the Denton Cup aloft and uh, what's going to be the key to them winning it? Uh, if I was going to put a dollar on, I would I would go with Maitland. But, uh, yeah, like we said before, I think anything can happen on grand final day. Macquarie has certainly shown that over the last month that they're going to be up for the fight. Um, and, yeah, probably the reasons we stated before that, you know, maybe some extra legs that they've got, um, you know, being a little bit fresher. Um, and, yeah, just some really polished performances, I think, throughout the year and over the course of the last three years, that, that group being together will hold them in good stead. But um, I certainly know Macquarie are going to be up for it and, um, yeah, they're going to be fighting all the way to the 80th minute and, um, yeah, who knows, it could be another Scorps uh, premiership as well. But, uh, yeah, if I was going to put my dollar on, I, I would go uh, would go with Maitland. But, uh, no, very much looking forward to the grand final on uh, on Sunday and, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, a yeah, big crowd over there. Um, Road. Yeah, fingers crossed. It'd be a great story. I think if I'm sitting with my heart, I'd love to see you know Liam Higgins after a, a solid career in the Newcastle Rugby League uh, go out with it. But you know, my head sort of tells me the opposite that Maitland had a likely one. So, lots of stories, lots of reasons behind both. But mate, a big thank you to you, and I'd encourage all of our listeners if they don't already uh, get out and subscribe to Newcastle. All of your stories has been articles, multiple articles every day up on the Herald site. Um, yeah, for this cost of less less than a, a beer these days about half a beer mate um you get a week subscription and uh yeah stay on top of all the articles on local rugby league and all the other local sport that you guys do a great job of covering i like that you can get the double page spread on saturday for just just for a midi i like that yeah mate, exactly <laughs> for, for half the price of what those cans are at the stadium you'll be right amongst it exactly right but mate thank you again always a pleasure to have you on the show and uh yeah look forward to uh obviously uh, crossing paths with you again in the next next few weeks at uh, the footy or, or wherever else we do Sounds good. Thanks, Chris. Looking forward to it on the weekend. And that brings us to a close for episode 24 and for season 2022. A big thank you, first of all, to all of you who've listened throughout the season and uh, helped support the coverage that we're trying to give to the local game. Uh, as a thank you, uh, we do have our giveaway running on our League Castle Instagram page, League Castle AU. So just jump on there, scroll back and find the giveaway post. It was only posted about a week ago. Uh, and just follow the simple instructions. Make sure you're following us on Instagram. Tag someone else and tell us who your favourite real NRL club is, so your Newcastle Rugby League team. If you can follow those three simple steps, you will go into the draw for our giveaway prizes we have a total of 10 prizes to give away so we're really looking forward to that and we will uh, announce and message those winners uh, over the weekend with it being drawn on Friday so make sure you're getting quickly this show is coming out on Thursday so it should leave you just on 24 hours uh, from when we release the show to enter that of course make sure to follow us on League Castle AU on Instagram League Castle AUS on Facebook and uh, we will keep you up to date with everything we can over the off season we're certainly looking forward to Sunday. It's going to be a bumper day. Uh, if you haven't already, jump back and listen to the Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League uh, episode for their grand final as well because that offers a bumper day on Saturday, 10 games up there. But whatever your chosen poison of competition is, get out, support the grand finals this weekend. The best way that you can support local rugby league is bums on seats at these games this weekend. So get out there, enjoy. Uh, hopefully your team does win. If not, celebrate, commiserate, whatever's the appropriate or just enjoy as a neutral. 
But either way, a big thank you again for tuning in for season 2022. This is Chris McPherson signing out for League Castle for 2022. Go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You're listening to League Castle, Newcastle Hunters, home rugby league.